This is the Rock and Roll Autopsy Podcast. Hey, this is Rico. This is Scott. So you know how when you go to a rock concert and they do the opening number and they do like three or four songs in a row and then they kind of take a little break and they stop playing and they talk to the audience and they tell some cooked up story. Hello, Cleveland! That's right. And they tell some cooked up story about going to the doctor and seeing some nurse with the big tits and then kind of leads them into their next song. Anyway, the point is, is they kind of take a second, they catch a breath, they kind of pull back the curtain a little bit, maybe introduce the band. We've Just, been on the road for three months now. Exactly. Well, guess what? This is what we're going to do here. We're going to pull back the curtain a little bit. We're going to do a little game show. We're going to take, take a quiz, and it's going to help us get to know one another. Yeah, because I don't even know you. If It feels like we just met one minute ago. Well, I've prepared some questions. Oh, so okay. I don't know if it's going to be like speed dating. This is, this is you're going to test my knowledge of you. Yep, and that's vice, exactly right. And vice versa. This is kind of like... The newlywed game, how well do you know you're, you're newlywed? And I guess since, you know, we're just, this is, you know, a newish podcast for us, we're kind of like newlyweds, and we're playing kind of like the newlywed game with podcasting. That was one of the dirtiest shows ever Do you remember the, <laughs> the question? Yeah, you remember the question and answer? <laughs> yes. So let's, let's recap for the, probably the... People out there that have, don't have any idea what we're talking yeah. about. So you want to start anyone it? under the age? <laughs> go go ahead. Start, but I remember watching story. that. It was yeah. on TV when I was a kid, and I remember watching it. And yeah, I mean, it was always about what did he call it? Whoopie, whoopie. That's right. Yeah. It wasn't se sex. Saying the word sex back then was a little too racy. Yeah, so they called it whoopie. It wasn't sex. It wasn't anything else. It, whoopie was super safe, and and yeah, that's what. They but did. it was just thirty minutes of. It, was it Bob Eubanks? Was he the host? Um, Am I thinking of the wrong guy? It, it, I think it is Bobby Banks. But it was just 30 minutes of, of double entendres. Double entendres and innuendos and metaphors. <laughs> and, and that and the and the other game show, Match Game. Those, those two game yeah. shows, if, if you guys have any opportunities to watch reruns of these shows, phenomenal. Because the innuendo is just off the charts and totally worth every minute. And just husbands looking really uncomfortable in the presence of their wives because <laughs> they're exposed it. for not knowing or paying attention <laughs> to right. a damn thing. Knowing full well they're all getting hammered afterwards <laughs> by their wives. For, they don't know their anniversary. For fucking up the questions. They don't know birthdays. They don't know when their kids are born. They don't know anything. Exactly. Anyway. They're all the teacher from the wall or they get home and get hammered by their wives every night, right? Fat and psychopathic wives. You got the answer wrong, you son of a bitch. You gotta sleep on the couch tonight. Uh, you know shit. I like my toes red and not pink. <laughs> anyway, so that's what we're kind of gonna do here. We're gonna we're gonna test each other's knowledge of the other person. Do you wanna start? Uh yeah, here's my first question to you about me. All right. All right. So question number one. So you know I'm a big Rush fan, right? Yes, sir. My favorite band. Um, I have my sister to thank for that, who is going to be here next week. We haven't really got a chance to hang out in a probably, honestly, close to 20 years. It's wow. been that long. Well, Talk for you. Yeah. So I'm pretty. Anyway, I have her to thank. For my very first Rush album, she 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 bought this for me for Christmas and said, "Here, you're gonna like these guys." So, what was my first Rush album? So, A, Twenty One Twelve, B, Farewell to Kings, C, Moving Pictures, D, Exit Stage Left. Yeah, let me think. First Rush album. First Rush album. Oh, these all look like... I'm going to say... I'm going to go exit stage left. D, final answer. Final answer? That's incorrect, Mr. Rotan. Although, I've probably listened to exit stage left more than B, Farewell to Kings, which was my first Rush album. 
Wow. We got Farewell to Kings. What's on Farewell to Kings again? So you've got Xanadu. Okay. Closer to the Heart. You've got Cygnus X1. Oh, Cinder- so this is Cinderella like, Man. Like, um, so you got Madrigal. right in. That's a great album. You got right in on the Proggy Prog. I did. Era. I got in. Yeah. And, and Farewell to Kings, uh, maybe one. I, dude, I don't know. Maybe I have to turn to my Rush card. Two albums after 2112. One album, two albums. 77, I think, was Farewell to King. So it's like right around. Anybody out there want to want to make sure that I'm right or wrong on that, please, please let me know. But I think it was 77-ish. Where does it stand in your your Rush hierarchy of favorite Rush albums? Yeah, it's way up there because uh, listening to Xanadu for the first time was just mind-blowing. I mean, I had never, you know, listened to something like this before. Because the closest I got to this kind of stuff was, you know, um, my it was just my mom. My dad died when I was six. And so it was just my mom and me and my two sisters. And my two sisters are older than me. So when I, in the late 70s, when my mom was working, and my sisters would babysit me. And they, it was great because, you know, they had Bad Company and Forner and... And some Led Zeppelin. Yeah. And, and, it's uh, all good shit to cut your teeth and, on. And that's yep. when I was six, seven, eight, nine years old. That's the stuff that I listened to. Right. And then my mom would have us, you know, listen to, you know, her stuff was like big band music and uh, stuff you can do, 50s music. And so the closest thing that I have ever heard to this was, you know, foreigner, bad company, like that kind of stuff. And it wasn't even close to Farewell to Kings. Yeah. So when I heard Xanadu for the very first time, it was mind-blowing. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm in, man. And and uh, A real forward-thinking album for its era. For sure. And, like, and Cygnus X1 was incredible. It was just, man, I love every track on that album. And I'm so happy that my sister thought of me on this. And so, yeah, my first album... From my favorite brand, Rush, Farewell to Kings. All right. Well, for those of you scoring at home, that's already one wrong for Scott. One wrong for you. Can I ask a follow-up that won't count on the quiz? I'm just curious. Yeah, no. So you remember your first Rush record. Where where did you go in your Rush journey after that? Like, what was the next Rush music that you discovered? Do you uh, remember? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I went from... I went forward a little bit, so that's where Exit Stage Left and Moving Pictures came gotcha. into play. Because that's where they were at that point in their career. Yes. Like, that and, was their current kind of releases. at that time, it was the 80s, and I was watching a fuckload of MTV like, like most people our age, right? Yeah. And so Rush had a video on MTV. It was Tom Sawyer, if you remember. They actually yeah, had, I remember, yeah. yeah. And so I had... I had Farewell to Kings, and then Tom Sawyer was on MTV. I went right to Moving Pictures, and then I kind of was stuck in for a while. I was Farewell to Kings, Moving Pictures, and Exit, exit Stage Left. I was just stuck in those three albums for a really long time. It's a time. good place to be. Yeah, and then I just kind of went from there. Yeah. What's your? Do you have any opinions about Farewell to Kings? I don't, but we'll, I think my Russian, one of my oh, questions, right. so we, right. may, we may get there. So let's uh, go to your first question. All right. Let's see what you're you... 0 for, you're 0 for 1, by the way. So far, you don't know me. Thank you. Okay. Um, I don't know who the hell you are. <laughs> let, me, let me see what you know yeah. about me. So let me uh, bring this up closer to my eyeballs because <laughs> I can't see anything. What is Scott's favorite punk album a dead kennedy's fresh fruit for rotting vegetables b misfits walk among us c sex pistols never mind the bullocks or d black flag damaged so we go from talking a farewell to kings to now we are in we're firmly ensconced in Punk. punk rock Oddly enough, same time period. Yeah, we hey listeners, we are giving you a veritable cornucopia of music from which to discuss. All right. So hey, what it, is Scott's favorite punk album? Well, for me, I gravitated toward one of these answers right away because I know you wear the Crimson Ghost. Ah, but is it is it a what is the proper uh, logic fallacy term there? Is it a red herring? Is that what I'm after? Could what, be. What is it? Could be. Um, man, 
I'm gonna stick with I'm gonna say Misfits B final answer just because of the Crimson Ghost. All right, that's a it's I'm gonna give you so you can feel as shitty as I felt. <laughs> oh. You sir are zero and one, and you do not know me that well. Damn. Actually, I love all of these records. Probably the least my least favorite is the Black Flag record, but it's a classic. Um, I'm gonna say my favorite punk album is actually C, the Sex, Sex Pistols, Pistols, Never Mind the Bullocks. I think nice. that record, top to bottom, is an absolute classic. It's a stunner of a debut record, really their only record. Um, but it is it is a classic, in my opinion. Every track is great. I don't really hear it as a punk record. I hear it more as a rock record. Yeah. Um, the playing on it, when you think of punk, you always think of like shitty musicianship. The playing on Nevermind the Bullocks is terrific. I was going to ask you about that. They're really well-written, well-performed songs. Is Sid, is Sid playing the bass on this album? No. Uh, okay, yeah, I, I I was is say. Glenn Matlock the bass player on that record? I can't recall, so you people can beat me up in the comments on that, but... And I would actually, I know I'm a huge Misfits fan, but I would actually put the Misfits album Walk Among Us third on this list. I'd follow that up with, after the Sex Pistols, I would say the Dead Kennedys nice. debut Fresh Fruit for Rotting Vegetables. I kind of toggle between the Dead Kennedys and the Misfits with my favorite punk bands. I Sometimes I'm like, I'm listening to the Dead Kennedys and I get way in the mood for them. And I'm like, this is not only my favorite punk band, this is the most important band ever in the history of music. Yeah. And I really convince myself that that's the case because I just get, I absolutely love them. But I'm going to say for this question, my answer is the Sex Pistols, just because I think it is the, of these records, it's the most fully realized. It's the most, this is going to sound like a weird term when you're talking about the Sex Pistols, but it's the most mature of these records. These are well-crafted, well-performed, almost kind of like corporate sounding songs. These other records are really, really punk. And by comparison, the Sex Pistols record almost sounds polished. And so... Where, where in their where in their catalog is this album? Is it towards the beginning or towards the end? Well, really with the Sex Pistols, it's kind of interesting because they really have a one album career. Almost okay. everything after that is like compilations and B-sides. So and, this and is bullshit. quote unquote to earlier on, right? This is it for the, oh, it, for the right, Sex okay. Pistols. Okay. So I mean, in terms of like punk rock i mean it's it's um i guess the ramones technically would have would have come first in terms of i mean you could go back into like what you would think of as like proto-punk with the stooges and the mc5 but when you think of that 70s that true punk rock era i guess you would technically think the ramones came before the sex pistols but the sex pistols are right on the heels of them you know one happening in the states and one in, in yeah. europe but um but you know, it's it's the Sex Pistols don't really have a catalog. I mean, they, they have a number of records, but they only had really one true record, and that's never mind the Bullocks. And everything else is just, uh, like I said, collide. They have Rock and Roll Swindle, which is a collection, yeah. you know, a lot of B sides and collections and that sort of thing. But um, it's just a terrific record. Like I said, it's fully realized. It's fully formed a little corporate sounding compared to these other ones that are pr pretty raw records from yeah. these other artists. I mean, real true punk. So, um, my favorite follow-up question. Yes, sir. Uh, and follow-up questions aren't mandatory, but I, I thought of one. Um, so if you don't have an Lay it on me. Um, where do you think the Sex Pistols would be or would have been if Sid Vicious wasn't so implosive for lack of a like if he could actually play and had he not died and all that other jazz like you know Johnny's just still alive and being Johnny right so what if Sid actually could play and was able to hold his shit together like Johnny Rotten did Where, how do you think that band would be different I don't know I mean I, I don't I'm not really or I would guess, they or would they be different well I think they would have imploded either way I mean I think you're I don't really think that they were from my understanding of the sex pistols is, and I haven't, you know, read on read up on them. Um, I think they were just a band that was kind of constructed almost like a, like a modern boy band, like the backstreet boys. Yeah. Or something. There was this guy, I think his name was Malcolm McLaren, I think who owned a sex shop in England and kind of like put this band together. Yeah. And so I, um, you know, Steve Jones and Glenn Matlock, and they kind of just uh, Frankenstein this band together, and they mm -hmm. were able to 
write songs and i think he saw sid vicious as like and i could be wrong in this story but i think he saw sid vicious as like this neighborhood punk and he was like that kid has like a vibe about him and has a look and he's a mess he'd be great for this band it's like Never that, mind. Yeah, I, that's what I understand. Never too. mind that he can't play. He exactly. has no talent, and they just brought him in because he was trouble and was like almost like a mascot. Yeah. And so, um, by the way, I'm not asking you this these type of questions because I'm trying to bullshit everybody, and I really know a lot about punk. I, I really don't. I I'm, punk is one of those musical styles that was never in my wheelhouse. I don't hate it. It's just one of those things. You know what I mean? We have. Actually, we came, you and I came from like different musical foundations and we kind of converge in some areas and some areas we don't. And I'm asking you these questions because honestly, I don't, I just know what I know about punk. I know from listening to the first season of No Dogs in Space, the whole first season was about punk rock. That is all I know about punk. I never really went out of my way to listen to it. So that's why I'm asking you because I I'm, I legit don't know. Yeah, well, I mean a lot of punk is about image, you know. There's yeah. a fashion component for to sure. punk, and so I think that's kind of where, you know, the Sid Vicious thing came into play. But, you know, I don't know, man. I think they would have imploded anyway. I mean, Johnny Rotten had a pretty interesting career with uh, PIL after the Sex Pistols. You didn't really hear much from the other guys or anything of note. But, you know, I think it, you know they were. Uh, you know, I think they were literally a one-off, but that that record to me is is an absolute. It's it's one of the great great rock and roll records. I don't even like I said. I don't really even consider it a punk record. If when you think of punk rock, you think of the buzzsaw guitars or the Ramones or something, it's not that. It's a rock record. Mm-hmm. So you know, check it out if you're not familiar. Yeah. So we're both zero for one. We suck so far. Terrible. How about, how about that? Uh, so here's my my second question for you. I, so when I was, what grade was I in? I think I was a senior in high school, maybe. I think I was a senior. Yes, I was a senior because of who I went to this concert with. I went to this concert when I was a senior in high school. Um, and while outside, I think it was, it was in downtown Cleveland. So it was the 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 convention center or the whatever wherever they had in downtown Cleveland at this time period, uh, I can't remember. It's downtown Cleveland though, and it wasn't the Coliseum or not the it wasn't uh, the Q at the time or whatever it was at the time. Right. So I was outside waiting to get inside for this concert, and I had in my hand the tickets, and from behind. Somebody, and I had not just mine, but mine and the two people I was with. I had all three of our tickets in my hand, and somebody from behind swiped them right out of my hand. Unbelievable. And I had to spend money that I just so happened to have, luckily, to buy scalped tickets to get into no. the concert that we that we were standing outside waiting to get in. So you were just holding your tickets in your hand in line, and someone just... Just yeah, I had I had pocket. Yeah, I had my wallet in my hand, and I had in the wallet were the tickets, and the tickets were sticking out of the, my wallet on both sides because this was longer than the wallet. So I had yeah. it kind of in there in the fold, and I had my wallet in my hand. You can't see me guys out there that are listening to me, but I had it in my hand, and from behind somebody went and just pulled them right out of my wallet. Unbelievable. And they probably didn't even go to the show. They just turned around and sold them. They probably you might have bought your tickets back saying. from the scalp. I'm, I'm convinced that I bought my own tickets. <laughs> Twice. Yeah. So so what concert was that? What are my choices? A, Rush. B, Beastie Boys. C, Iron Maiden. D, Pantera. All right. Well, I'm going to try, because I have no clue, so I'm going to try to use some deductive reasoning here. I know you've seen Rush in concert many times, so it could be Rush. I don't know that you've ever seen the Beastie Boys, so I'm not sure about that one. I know you've seen Iron Maiden. I know you've seen Pantera. It doesn't help me a lot. The only one I can eliminate from that list there is one. So I still have three guesses there that I'm kind of making. Yeah. I think... I'm trying to go from how well do I know you. I think you saw Pantera at the Jar, which is in Akron, I think. And you just said you were in Cleveland. 
So we've exposed ourselves as being Northeast Ohioans. Um, so I'm going to eliminate Pantera. Oh, I see, baby. So I've oh, eliminated Pantera. Yeah. I've eliminated the Beastie Boys. Okay. So now I'm down to Rush or Iron Maiden. Yeah. But I'm already second guessing myself because to rebuy those tickets, it'd be, you'd be spending a pretty penny even back then, I think, to have to buy that ticket twice. You'd have had to have some money. It was such that. a freak that I had actually had the money to buy them back. <laughs> Yeah. It's so stupid. I, I mean, I'm, I, I think back on this. And right. It's just dumb. So now I'm going to use, I'm going to, I'm going to say that, okay, you're not that big an Iron Maiden fan. So you probably wouldn't have bothered to buy those tickets again. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and say that this, that this band was rushed because you would have bought those tickets a second time to see your yeah man band. i would have spent whatever it took to get back into the rush concert that's for sure but eh, no, no no you tell me i got it wrong again no, yeah yeah you got it wrong no um you gotta fight for your right to so, and beastie boys so the very first artist that i eliminated yeah was the correct well, look at answer. my list beastie boys sticks out like a sore thumb yeah, but I didn't know you had ever seen them in concert. Yeah, I did. So it was. Uh, I'm just trying. It, it to, was their, just trying to get these stupid right. questions right. It was their debut album, the License to Ill tour. They were in Cleveland, and you know who opened up for them? Fishbone. You ever listen to Fishbone? I remember. Yeah. Fishbone's great, man. Yeah. I go back to Fishbone once in a while. There's a super cool. Like ska, funky ska kind of stuff going on, and yep. man, let me tell you. First of all. I don't, I don't know if Fishbone is still doing anything, but if anybody has a chance to see, hopefully they are, but and maybe or look it up on YouTube. Fishbone's great live. I mean, they were, they were awesome, man. And um, even their studio stuff's cool. I, I didn't think, I mean, I didn't know who Fishbone was at the time. Um, and I'm glad that I know now because they're pretty damn cool. They yeah. was, it was so, and then the license, then the, the Beastie Boys were, they were fucking amazing. What year did License to Ill come out? It was the 80s, <sighs> oh wasn't it? Oh my gosh. It was, it was the, yeah, because I was the late a, 80s, I was right? A, yeah, it was 88, 89, somewhere yeah. around there. Okay. Yeah. yeah that, I, that makes sense too, because that tracks with, because when I think of Fishbone, I think of them being more associated with like the alternative movement, which mm -hmm. I would associate more with the nineties. Yeah, but like that them, makes sense that they would have been breaking at that. They point. were in that eighties ska movement, gotcha. you know, like them okay. and, and madness, okay, and all that kind. All of, right. You know what I mean? So yeah, no, it was it was eighty nine because I was a senior in high school um, in nineteen eighty nine, and I went with a guy that was also a senior who we play, I was on the basketball team with, and so yeah. I had my ticket and I had his ticket and. Uh, uh, one of my one of my neighbors who I hung out with who was a couple years older than me and I had the tickets and I had to buy them all back that sucks yeah but Beastie Boys man it so sucks that 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 uh, gosh Adam Yock I think is the one who died from cancer yes yeah. it's terrible because they are so fucking cool live and all of their stuff is so cool man every one of their albums are amazing started out as a punk band yeah yep. so which which uh, I didn't know till again I listened to the first season of No Dogs in, we're not affiliated with No Dogs in Space but their season one is all about punk rock and it's several episodes about MC5 Stooges you know, free shout out to them because that that whole season was amazing. But they do two episodes on the Beastie Boys. Oh wow! And how they started out as a punk band yeah. and about how they got together and all that jazz. So, yeah, it was the License to Ill tour. The concert was great. They had at the end when they did Fight for Your Right, two gigantic inflatable penises <laughs> on either side of the stage, yeah. and they had like these these uh, like go go dancers, like strippers dancing on the stage, yeah. like the entire show. It was amazing, amazing. So glad that I got to see that. Unbelievable. You know, it's, and it's, man, you, it's when you see a band that you love and some of the guys down the road pass on, it's like, it just kind of hammers home how important it was and fortunate it was that you saw them because they're legendary. Did they, they think they're rock and roll hall of famers, aren't they? Um, then, I think so. Yeah. I'm if not, they're not, they fucking should. Yeah. Be. And it's That's like, sure. so, you know, one of them is no longer with us, you know, and yeah. it says the years go on more and more of these guys, you know, shuffle off. And it's like, I know I saw the Ramones in concert when I was in high school and it's like, 
three guys in that band are dead. Yeah. Know, so and and like, today, as we record this, is the anniversary of Neil Peart's death. Yeah. And yeah, I retweeted a bunch Giant of Rush stuff fan, about that. So we talked yeah. about it today. So I was fortunate enough to see them live a, a few times. And, and I was at the live recording at the Cleveland show that they made the DVD out of. Right. I was at that show. Yep. So I, it, I'm... Fortunate to have seen some bands where guys just aren't around anymore, and and it's pretty cool. Yeah, so this was a great show. It sucks that you never got a chance to go to a Beastie Boys concert, but it was especially because Fishbone opened up for them. Was was Fishbone the band that like their logo was like a skeleton of a fish, Mm -hmm. like literally a fishbone? I remember that, literally a fishbone, yeah, Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, that's my number two, and you are 0 for 2. Thanks a lot, dude. We, man, I want a divorce. We don't know one another at all. All right, you ready for my second question? Yeah. Pretty straightforward. Who is Scott's favorite rock singer? Yep. A, Bon Scott. B, Glenn Danzig. C, Elvis Presley. Or D, Chris Cornell. See, that's a pretty interesting list you have there because I know that you're a big Elvis Presley fan. Um, you you love that shit. Johnny Cash, Elvis Presley, Carl Perkins. I know you're totally into all that. And, and I am too. So this is a tough one, man. I know that you... I Listen, I I like Glenn Danzig's voice. I think he's, his voice is awesome, dude. And, and uh, Chris Cornell... Look, another amazing voice. Bon Scott has a really unique voice that is very, uh, you remember it because it's very unique. So uh, really, you can make it for you. I can make a case for every one of these guys. This is a hard list, actually, but I have to go with the king of rock on this. I had to go with Elvis, even though I'm pretty sure that I'm going to be wrong about this. I, I, I'm i going to pick Elvis, but I think I'm wrong. Well, you thought right. You are wrong. You are now O for two. Damn We're it. doing terrible. Man, Did you least... think it was going to go this way when we proposed this, that we would just not know the answers to one another's questions? <laughs> I, I thought we would get at least one right. And Well, there's still time. <laughs> we suck, man. This is awful. All right. So my answer is A, Bon Scott. Wow. And I said favorite rock singer. Um, bon Scott, to me... For rock and roll. I love Mick Jagger. I love the Rolling Stones. Yeah. I hear a lot of similarities in early ACDC and the Rolling Stones. Yeah. To me, ACDC wanted to be the Rolling Stones a little bit in their early years. I hear that in their music. The Bon Scott years. In right? the Bon oh, Scott for years. For sure, for sure. And I think Bon Scott sounds like a shit faced Mick Jagger. <laughs> <laughs> they are. T- and so. <laughs> <laughs> and funny. I love Mick and Jagger. True. And so I think, so Bon Scott to me is, he, he sounds like a shit-faced, drunken, <laughs> pirate Mick Jagger. I love <laughs> I love his lyrics. And I'll save some of that discussion for down the road. Yeah. Um, I think he is the ideal rock and roll front man. Yeah, I, I gave it away because you said rock singer. And and, I should have picked up on that. Yeah, and there's a band that if there was a band in that list that defines rock, it's yeah. a band that's going to just do three chords at a 4-4 beat and be rock in the most basic primal the sense. One three five, one three five. And <laughs> I absolutely, I mean, I don't think Bonds, you know, he's another person who's passed on. Um Famously, very young. I think he was like thirty-three, right? Everybody, yeah, they everybody, were, yeah, they were barely just finding their stride when he died. Yeah, everybody knows that story, yeah. so I won't rehash it. But um, point being is, oddly enough, he's not talked about a great deal. Why and do I, you think that is? I listen to a lot of you know. There's a ton of YouTube channels that do what we do, sit around and talk music. There's a ton of podcasts out there. We're just another one, but. He doesn't get a ton of run, and I think that it's because, you know, they had this colossal album, you know, that followed immediately his death that became, like, you know, one of the greatest selling rock records of all time with Back in Black, and so that cast a giant shadow. 
Um, and this, the material from his era was not accessible in ACDC and not as obviously accessible as the stuff that they did when they became super commercial and popular, right? And so I just think he, he's not discussed often when people thought, talk about their favorite rock singers. You always hear Freddie Mercury and Chris Cornell and these names come up again and again, right? And his is never included. But when I'm, you know, when, when an ACDC song comes on, you know, it, when, it, when it comes on a playlist, I'm, I mean, I, and it's a Bon Scott song and I hear it and I, I even turned to my wife one day, it was on the radio in the car and I said, that's the greatest rock singer of all time. <laughs> and she just shook her head at me and was like, no, no. And and d- which, which, which version of ACDC do you like? You like the Bon Scott version better than the Brian Johnson version? Oh, God. Yeah. In absolutely. a minute, right? Yeah. Way better than the Brian Johnson version. Yeah. I mean, I have. I Although they, because they were around longer, had more success, obviously. We all know that, but. I agree with you. The Bon Scott version. Yeah. I like his spiciness. Do you know what I mean when I say that? Yep. His spiciness is so um, attractive, I guess. And I don't mean that in a sexual way. You know what I'm talking about. Well, it's all about sex when you're talking about Well, maybe it's sexual. Maybe it is sexual. Yeah. We we got all the pelvis on this list, too. But True. It's to be, I want to spend some time talking about this band and their place in rock down the road. So I don't want to go over too much of this, but you know, I just say this. I mean, with you know, there's there's definitely two distinct eras. In that seventies era, there was a hot minute there in the nineteen seventies, I would say between like seventy seven, seventy eight, where I think you can just bring up the videos on YouTube and watch any ACDC show from 77 to 78. They are straight ass fire. Dude. And you can pretty much make an argument. I think for that Fact. brief window of time, they may have been the best rock band in the history of rock music. And that just that snippet of time. And then when they started to kind of break and they got pushed into bigger venues, like something, the band loses something in a bigger venue. It's not as intimate. It's not yeah. as powerful. When they were playing small clubs in that 77, 78 window, holy hell, is that a rock and yeah. roll act? I mean, that is a look rock at, and roll show that is like, it's sweaty, look, it's look dirty. Them up, look them up, man. This the is energy you, is like you, off the charts. And it sure. is just like, and he is like the guy that's kind of like the ringmaster of the whole thing. And even his look back then, you're talking about the 70s. You know, tattoos are ubiquitous now. Everybody's got them. Back then, he's covered in tattoos. He's got earrings. No, no dudes had their ears no, pierced back God, then. No, That was like, and this guy was a total, like, I mean, he was just an outlaw, you know? And it was, and he was like way older than the rest of the guys in the band. He was 10 years older than everybody else in the band. They, you know, he had this career. He was a hippie. He had had this career in these like doo-wop bands in the 60s. I mean, he had paid his dues and he had given up on the music business and it brought him into this band and he just, you know, he was just a badass. And it's like, you know, it's just the real deal, you know? It was a little bit like a lot of parallels between him and a guy like Lemmy. So, you know, my favorite rock singer of all time, Bon Scott. Nice. All right, so I'm 0 for 3. How about that? You're I didn't for two. Over, you haven't got your third okay, one. Okay, for two. You'll miss that one too. I was so. even wrong about how many times I've been wrong, so I'm not having a good night here. All right. Um. So this is my third question for you, right? Yes, sir. Okay. I got to get it right because I'm not going to flame out on this. I thing. think you're going to get this one right, though. This one, I and this. I'm not sure. I've been looking at it, and I'm a little same. Same question. Yep. What is my favorite rock singer? So is it A? Getty Lee. And actually, I could put another person on this list, but we were only doing four options. So I could give you a fifth option if you want, but you know it's not that person because they're not on the list. But we'll talk about that person in a minute. So is it A, Getty Lee, B, Ann Wilson, C, Freddie Mercury, D, Chris Cornell? I've struggled. I've, you know, we tipped one another off to these questions yeah. several days ago, and I've stared at this, and I've given I love, it a lot of thought. With the capital L, every one of these people for what for what they do vocally. I just <sighs> want to say that. Again, you're framing it with rock singer, and Geddy Lee is certainly in a rock band. I'll give you a hint that I didn't 
frame it like you did when I said rock singer. I only just use your question, but I didn't do the little the little Easter egg thing like you did. So Geddy Lee, I don't think he's going to show up on too many people's favorite singer lists. Although I'm quite fond of his voice, I love his voice. I didn't think you were going to pick Bon Scott either. True, touche. And Wilson is an amazing singer still to this day. So I can definitely see where she would be a sound and sober pick for this. Freddie Mercury is an obvious choice for this because he's often regarded as being the greatest rock frontman and greatest vocalist of all time that pops up all the time. So that again would be a rational sober choice. And then there's Chris Cornell, you know, you're talking Soundgarden, you're talking solo stuff, Temple of the Dog, Audio Slave. He's got this, you know, he's he's one of the voices of, I guess, what you would call the modern era of rock, although we're going back to the 90s, I guess. But um, and also, sadly, no longer with us and Freddie Mercury as well. But did you ever get a chance to see Soundgarden live? I did not. And oh, I love bummer. Soundgarden. Yeah. You? Yeah. No, but I, I would have wanted to big time. I'm going to go with Freddie Mercury. Yeah, you're right on this one. Hey, I got one right, yeah, finally. Right. Freddie Mercury. And this just further makes me, you know, um, a, better like when a better I, person than me. No, this is where it's where I, I basically mess. I'm like the dog that messed on the floor in the living room in episode three. <laughs> and everyone's been rubbing my nose in it ever since. And so I guess this just gives me another opportunity. Queen to, is the most overrated <laughs> band in the history of rock and roll. All right. Well, okay. Well, yeah, so why is Freddie Mercury the choice? Listen, it's he, like like you said, widely regarded as the greatest rock frontman ever to be on a stage. I completely agree with that. His range was out of this world. His vocals were operatic. Uh, I mean, just incredible. And his voice, it, it was it paired with their musical style perfectly. Super versatile. Right, he can do super cool rock stuff. He could do the quirky stuff like like in the other pop Seaside Rendezvous and um, Bohemian Rhapsody is super operatic. He's got such range, just incredible. Like his instrument and the way he delivered it on stage and his presence and let's face it, Live Aid, the way that he fucking owned that set that he did that they did, just. I, I love all of those other people. Ann Wilson, I love Ann Wilson. She is amazing, okay? Chris Cornell's a legend. Geddy Lee, obviously a very unique. I put him in the same categories like Bon Scott. Super unique voice, great for what he used it for. But, man, how could you argue against Freddie Mercury for me? And the interesting thing is I just talked about in my answer how... I thought that ACDC Live lost something when they went to bigger venues, which happened at the tail end of Bon Scott's career. And to your point with Freddie Mercury, you only see him in your mind when I think of Freddie Mercury in front of a sea of 200,000 people Live absolutely Aid. commanding the stage. And like, you know what I mean? He's like at his best when it's the biggest possible stage, you know? It and was, yeah. It, it, he has them all in the palm in of the, his hand. He owned you know? it, man. That set, I'm sure I'll, I'll, everybody who's going to listen to this has seen that set, but go back and see it again. And yeah. if you haven't seen it, go see it. Look it up on YouTube. If you want to, it's, it's hypnotizing how much he owns 200,000 people for 18 minutes or however long they were up there. And for being Crazy. a and for just being a visionary. I mean, we're all listen, I, I don't care if I ever hear Bohemian Rhapsody again, but I could say that about any number of songs exactly. that have been around fifty years. But the point is at that time in that era when he was writing that, that was some really forward thinking shit. Yeah. And you have to think about it like in the context of when it came out. Who was doing that? Nobody. I mean, it's, it's madness. Nobody know? was doing shit like so, that. And really no one has since. And so, you know, you got to give like just super props for having vision and being daring enough to like actually. You can only imagine what those sessions must have been like when he's like sitting there telling the rest of the band his vision for the song and demonstrating the parts. They had to be thinking. Can you imagine we're doing him, opera? him laying Bohemian Rhapsody? Out yeah. for the first time, yeah. they're like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Yeah. Right? 
So it's just a real visionary artist that I think people have to give credit to. Because again, you know, you can only kind of exist when you did. And when, when they did, they were doing really forward thinking stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The, so. the other person, real quick, the other person that I originally had on this list. Let's hear it. But I took it off and replaced it. Burton Cummings. But guess who? Yeah. I yep. mean, I, I feel like, and the reason why I brought him up is because I feel like as a rock singer, I personally don't think he gets enough credit. Yeah, super not talked about. Yeah. That that band too. And it's funny. They're amazing. They're I love the guess who. And they've been like a staple of, you know, I yeah. know nobody listens to the radio anymore, but we grew up in an era when radio was a thing. They've been a stay were a staple of radio my entire mm. life. And they were like never talked about. And and Canadian. Yeah. And I love Canada. There you go. So you got one, man. You're one for three. Yeah, that one means right the pressure. There's a lot of pressure on if you. If you to get were a baseball right. player, you'd be an all star. Yeah, you'd be batting 300. Yep. Good job. So now there's a ton of pressure, a shit ton. Oh are you are you going to crumble under the pressure right now and totally might, flame out? I might go six on you and just fold. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Your third and final oh, question. I'm nervous now. As a teenager, Scott shoplifted his first rush record on cassette which one was it oh my god a hemispheres b 2112 c moving pictures or d grace under pressure man okay i'm gonna So you're a few years younger than me. So you were a, this would have been in the late 80s, I'm guessing, right? Sometime. Do I have to tell you? Do I have to? Uh, you're asking me to give you clues. No. You're so I, no, 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 desperate no. to get an answer right. I'm trying because to, you've been I'm such trying a to disaster. I'm trying to manipulate you. I'm not you giving you me. any clues. You do your own math. Okay. So you were a teenager in the late 80s. Okay. I know that because I, 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 know, I know how old you are. So you're a teenager in the late 80s. Um, I can tell you that unless you were like Rico and BM, you know, that person I'm talking about, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. If, if you, if yeah. you weren't on our level, like rush fandom, you probably weren't going to rip hemispheres off from the star in the late eighties. That, that album, one of the greatest <laughs> instrumentals ever to be created, in my opinion, is on that album, La Via Strangiato. Keep in mind, though, Rico, I'm shoplifting. How much how much discretion can I be operating with here? Like, like I'm going to get... No, but what I'm saying I'm gonna is... I'm going to rip this off. So. I know, but what I'm saying is, I don't think because... I mean, am, am I not just kind of taking what I feel I can get away with? No, yes, yes, okay, yes. But, right. but I have to apply some logic to this. If you All were right. a teenager at the time, mm. you were listening to punk rock, probably. Or you were listening, man. I'm I'm swear I'm eliminating hemispheres from this. I just, I right. based on when you were a teenager and based on the popularity of hemispheres at the time, I'm just not feeling it. So I'm, I, and I'm probably super wrong on that. But twenty one twelve could be, uh, moving pictures certainly could be. Um, I, I don't think it's Grace Under Pressure, although it could be. Man, damn it. Uh, all right, I'm gonna. You are, if if only this was on YouTube, the beads of sweat. I'm dripping, rolling dude. down your face right yeah, now. It's, it's unbelievable. I can I can't see your hands shaking a little bit. I'm I'm feeling so it. much like, pressure. Like I need an Ativan real bad. So much pressure. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with the most commercially famous album from Rush. The album that had the most commercial success, which would be Moving Pictures. You, sir, are correct. Congratulations. Yes. Woohoo! We tied. I'm really disappointed yeah. there isn't a winner. Maybe we could do like a like a showdown, a bonus question, if we could think of one. Just getting long in this episode. We'll just do yeah. another one down Why the road. Why don't we just we, be happy we, with the tie? <laughs> Take it on at another point. Did you select um, moving pictures on purpose? You know, I don't much remember, but I, I will say just a little bit of, are you interested in a little bit of backstory and how I came to shoplift moving pictures? Absolutely. There was in my clique of friends, we were kleptomaniacs and we used to have kind of we like little contests to see who could walk into a store and who could come out with what and how much of what. 
And I had a friend who was just amazing. He could come out of a store, you know, he could walk in wearing just a t-shirt and blue jeans and come out with like a two liter of Pepsi. And it's like, where did you put it? (laughs) But, um, well, I can remember in this particular store that I, I won't name, but I had basically mapped it out to where there were these racks. Yeah, because they're sets. still looking for you. They're yes, wondering. they're still looking for me. And, <laughs> and yeah, and Getty Lee wants his money. But um, <laughs> anyway, there were these racks of cassettes and I had kind of gamed it out to where I thought that the proximity of the cassettes to the cash register to the door that I could that I could pull it off. And and there were these like little cellophane things with like the uh, the little scan doodads that would buzz. Oh, right. So I had to figure out how to kind of get that removed and. But I had put some thought into it. And wow, I, so it was more than just grab and dash. Like, you had to yeah. strategize and shit. Right? Yeah, there was work that had to be done. Damn. But within my circle of friends, we had all Impressive. Been, we'd been doing this for a while. And so it was <laughs> that was my newest challenge, you know, was to figure out. And up until that point, like, I had just, like, got real low-level stuff. Like, I think I had stolen, like, an incense holder. I stole the <laughs> satanic Bible. I just, oh, like, nice. weird things, you know what I mean, that I thought I could get out with, right? And so I thought, what I really would love is because I love music, if I figure out a way to get those damn cassettes out of here with, with the little with the little scanner doodad that buzzes when you pass through that the doors. That little magnetic thing. that Yeah. So that was the trick, man. And I yeah. don't remember exactly how I removed it. My memory is notoriously bad, but I don't remember how exactly I pulled it off, but I did. And I don't remember even how I selected it, how I selected. So there is no story as to like, oh, I heard Tom Sawyer or I loved Limelight or I, you know, wasn't evolved enough musically to even think of, you know, pinching hemispheres. It was just, I just had a friend in high school who was a Rush fan, and I was the one who was introducing him to harder stuff. Yeah. But conversely, he was introducing me to Rush, and he had put together, like, a mixtape, and, and he had labeled him, and he gave me some tape, and I remember sitting in my bedroom, like, Bytar and a snow dog. What the hell am I listening to? You <laughs> right, know? right. And I, like, couldn't make heads or tails out of this shit because it was just freaking weird, but I liked some of it, you know? So I'm yeah. like, I think I could listen to Rush, you know? And conversely, I was turning him on to heavier stuff. He was a huge Rush fan, so it was really important to him that he get me into Rush. Yeah. And so he was giving me, like, you know, what was was by tour that was on Fly By Night, right? Fly By Night, by yeah. tour, yeah. Yeah, and I remember just listening That's to their that. their big, long, epic, like, fantasy story. Yeah, and I, like, didn't know what to do with it at <laughs> right. the time. But, but I did like it enough yeah. to, like, you know, shoplift a record. And so... It, but conversely, with the funny backstory, I won't reveal this individual's name, but he was like a penny loafer kind of nerdy guy who was like way into Rush. And I was turning him on to like, oh, dude, you got to yeah, check out these. You got to listen to Slayer. You got to you gotta check some of these bands out. <laughs> way out of his wheelhouse, right? Yeah, but he did. Oh, and nice. he actually became like a gigging professional musician in a known like black metal band, which is like the hyper satanic metal band stuff. He adopted like a persona, like a new name and he like became another person. Is this JP? No, no, this is no, this is, this is someone who actually became like a legit touring musician and put out records. And it's like the most vile, like offensive, like interesting. it's, It's like, it's like um, like Mayhem, like this band Mayhem. It's like this black metal stuff that I don't listen to and I'm not familiar with. It's the really scary stuff. Oh, yeah. So this dude was like a huge Rush fan who like wore penny loafers and was like nerdy. And I turned him into this like really scary is Satanist he, guy. Is it, just a, is it just a show or does he really buy an end to that show? I can't tell. And I've spent nights alone just like researching him on the internet because I was like partially responsible for the direction this guy's life took. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, to be honest with you, like I've I've watched some of that kind of stuff. Like, like yeah, you, those guys practice what like, they like, preach. In those yeah, songs. like uh, like really like Batushka. You ever heard of them? No. Some of you people out there are going to know Batushka. I, I've watched a few Batushka videos on YouTube. It's some weird ass 
shit. <clears throat> yeah, some of those guys like in the I think they're in the Scandinavian countries that like burn churches and then there were guys who killed themselves and killed other people. Yeah. Like they like I think there's this whole I think Mayhem is the band. There's gonna be people I've out there heard, who, it, who, I've heard of that. There's gonna be if people out there man. who go crazy because they know these stories inside and out. I really yeah. don't. But so I know I'm that like, there's man, this is not my I know that in that me. world it's a little too intense for me to be interested. For sure. Yeah. And yeah. but that's where he went. And and I'm that's partially crazy. responsible for that. And he's it's also the part of the reason why I ended up shoplifting this flush. Wow. So it's just but moving pictures, love it. And it got me into Rush. And then I took the Rush journey where I started, <clears throat> you know, pursuing other things. He loaned me the VHS tape of what was the concert tape that was out around that time. I think it was the one that opened with like the big money. Oh, uh, On the cover, it's like the real the 80s three car- looking the stick figure. cartoon guys. That's a show, yeah. show of hands. That's it. Yeah, he loaned me show that VHS. I remember getting home from school and I popped that in the VHS tape and I watched a show of hands, you know, and I watched Getty Lee there operating the keyboard, then playing the bass and then singing he's like doing all these things at one time and that was like my first kind of so I came in at an era of rush that people like hate you know like that kind yeah, of yeah. right am I wrong yeah because you're you, the big rush fan but I mean that's well, like that I, era where what's people, cool about how you <clears> like <throat> rush is you like their 90s stuff you like I like te- yeah. counterparts and test for echo yeah that. nobody likes you that you love for that echo stuff and, I love it yeah. and I think that's so cool that yeah. you like the era of rush that a lot of rush fans don't like they think they get yeah, soft vapor and trails kind of and and snakes vapor. and arrows all those are yeah. like really really good records and they're heavy you know, so, yeah, so I, love I always the bass thought that tone. Was, yeah. I always thought that was kind of cool that you like you test for echo. Not many people I know. Like oh, it always ranks in the bottom of people's yeah. like rush counterparts. Is, uh, counterparts, yep. is pretty, those two, I, I like them because they're rush, but they're not high on my list. And I like the '80s stuff too. I'm not overly familiar with it, but I can remember like there was a bowling That's, alley uh, that we went to where yeah. Time Stand Still was always on the jukebox. Yeah, with Amy Mann. Like, that's yeah. the only song that they did where they had guest vocalist. Yeah. That's Amy Amy Mann from uh, Till Tuesday. And yep. That was off their Hold Your Fire album. Yeah. So, you know, so I came in at a weird spot with that band, but, you know, but there's just, they're like, um, they're like a retirement band where their catalog, the, the breadth of their catalog is so deep and so nuanced to where you could just like go off on an island <laughs> with a stack of records and you could literally spend the rest of your life with only rush music yeah. and have enough diversity and interest and depth of music to be satisfied yeah. musically. We're probably going to, there's like enough there. Do you know what I mean? There's tons. Yeah. And there's, there's, and we'll, we'll probably do some rush, one or two rush episodes. So I don't want to get too much into this, but yeah. yet to what you're saying, yes. Yeah. So anyway, I'm one for three and you're one for three. We tied. So I guess it was was fun. I guess it wasn't a total loss. I hope we uh, learned a little bit about one another, the, you know, you and I and the audience as well. So uh, that was us pulling back the curtain. So I hope you guys have fun with this one. Later. Let me have that special rock and roll music. Yeah. Let me tell you, so the lyrics to real rock music is nothing more than satanic cyanide. Get it out of your house, throw it out, and burn it. It has no place in the house of the righteous. You guys, it was like a mistake. There's no mistake anymore. Follow us on Twitter at RNR Autopsy, or you can send an email to rock and roll autopsy at gmail.com. And if we run across anything good, we'll mention it in a future episode. Thanks for listening. Later. <laughs>